All right. Welcome, everyone, to The Fifth Down with Bajoy Samuel and Sean Thomas. What's up, everybody? Uh, Bajoy, what's what's on the agenda today? Uh, you know, I think we're we're going to start off with that uh, TED Talk that you had watched recently, which inspired uh, today's podcast. Yeah. So, yeah. So the story behind that is I was... Or the deep conversations that you and your sister have, which is really nice. Yeah. We, I mean, we, yeah, we have it right? on occasion, <laughs> once in a while, you know, have these heart to hearts. Um, but I was over at her place and she was talking to me about some of the challenges that she runs into as a mother of an, an almost seven year old girl. And oh she wants to like teach Ariana to be more brave, you know, to, to not give up on challenges that she experiences on the playground or if it's a math problem or if it's playing soccer or whatever it is, then to not give up. And she was talking about this TED Talk that she listened to recently by Rashma Sajani. And it's called Be Brave, Not Perfect. And the premise of it is talking about how we as a society condition boys to be brave, but women to be perfect. And that holds women back. One example she gave was in fifth grade, girls actually outperform boys when it comes to a lot of subjects. But when it comes to a challenge... Uh, girls are less likely to to try and try to succeed at it and more likely to just give up where boys view it as a challenge and like keep trying at it until they get it and as the question is why why society does society do it first of all and then two like how do you overcome that that deficit of you know bravery between the two genders you know in that uh in that same one i remember the example that you were uh sharing earlier too about the code so like, you know, a guy and a girl are in class and they're working on some code or script or something and it doesn't work. The guy immediately asks the professor, what's wrong with the code? You know, but the girl would approach it and say, what did I do wrong? Right. Like, yeah. so same issue, but the perspective is totally different. The guys automatically are like, well, it can't be me. There's got to be something yeah. wrong with what's. We never like to take responsibility for action. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> something else that is a reason for what right. we Right, but the girls look at it and they're like, oh, what did I do wrong? And and how do I fix it, you know? Yeah. So fundamentally, I just feel like, you know, guys and girls are definitely different in that sense. Yeah. And I think, I mean, right off the gate, though, you see my four, my four and a half year old nephew who just wants to get into everything, jump off like the highest staircase possible, you know, constantly being disobedient, you know, just having a lot of energy and wanting to just, you know, push the boundaries of the rules that we give him, you know, whereas I feel my niece is a little more, a lot more obedient. We, I think we just, age. we grew up like that. I mean, I, I think about like the scars and injuries and things that i've had and sometimes just the dumb things that i would do as a kid right like yeah like we're climbing trees or like we're playing sports and we fall we fall off our bikes because we're you know trying to like jump a ramp or something who knows right, right. but yeah, yeah we're constantly challenging challenging each other to one-up each other right like, and, hey, you and do you that? don't train a four-year-old boy on how to do that they just they just that's just in them to yeah. like take more risks and do dumb things i guess you yeah know? But then societally too, if, you know, like who is a person supposed to ask the other person on a date? You know, you're supposed to, the guy is supposed to have the courage to go and ask that girl to prom. Mm -hmm. You know, it's always, yeah, there is a societal pressure too. For guys know, to like take the lead. To and take the lead, yeah. 
I think that's why we like uh, football so much. Like, that's what guys genuinely are. Uh, we're just drawn to sports. Because, like, the physical aspect. Yeah, because it gives us an opportunity to be competitive. It gives us an opportunity to be, uh, to show our athleticism, to uh, prove that we're better than someone else. I mean, all of that comes to play when you're on that football field. You know, you want to be the fastest guy. You want to be the strongest guy. You want to be, like, when you're up against someone else, you want to stop that guy. Throw the challenge. Yeah, the challenge. And, um, you know, there's no room to show weakness. You just... It's all about building, like, you know, on that field and on that team, it's about showing strength and showing that you're stronger than the next person and showing that you're faster and showing that you're better. And I think that's, you know, it's interesting about NFL. I mean, we do this for what, like three, four months. That's the mindset that we're in, right? Like, yeah. like win. Right. But you think about these NFL players, their entire career and training and games, they're taught not to show weakness. They're taught to like, be aggressive, be better, all of that, you know, and at all times, which is fine but, when you're on the field, you know, but, but I think the, yeah, but I think, I think one thing about being brave is that you still have to have this exercise of overcoming your fear. And so NFL players from like a very young age had to be conditioned to be like, Hey, yeah, this person's bigger than me, but I'm going to still try to tackle him, you know? And then in our case, when playing MFL, there's this inherent fear that you have to get over. Like, well, this guy's bigger than me. I got to try to get through him on the line or this guy's faster than me. He might, you know, posterize me if he goes out for, you know, a pass and catches it over me on the, on the end zone with the cameras rolling and the pictures being taken. It was like, it's a great opportunity to overcome our own inherent fears while we're playing the game, you know, and exercising that bravery. I mean, definitely when it comes to sports, like a big fear is failure. You know, we don't want to, like you know, who wants to be the one that drops the drops the catch or doesn't pull the flag? I mean, there's yeah. a lot of that's a big fear for I think for guys when especially in competitive sports and you know tournaments and things like that is just this idea of like failing. No one wants to fail, you know. Yeah, there's there's one there's one time when I was in draft league and I was on the sidelines with this with my teammate and the game was really close, like it was neck and neck. We were down by like a few points. Um, the I think there was like five seconds left on the game clock, um, and my teammate comes up to me and just like, "Man, I would never want to be the guy, the receiver that has to go out for the hail mary because that's the only only chance we have to win. You know, it's going to be a long bomb, and we just got to hope for the best." And he's like, "I never want to be that receiver." And I was like, "Why? Why? Why wouldn't you want to be that guy? Because you get the glory, you get the praise, you get..." All the all that good stuff that comes with it. And he's just like, yeah, but if I drop it, I mean, I'll just be in agony for a week, you know? And yeah. I just don't want that on me for a week. And then he turns to me and he's like, do you feel that fear? And then I was trying to like think about it honestly. And to me, I was just like, no, I want to be that receiver and go all out and try to make that catch. And I was just like, why... But I was like, why, why don't I feel <laughs> yeah. that fear, you know? And I think it's because that I've played, been playing this game for so long and I've been in that situation for so many times and I've dropped the ball in that situation so many times that I'm just like, oh, I could get over it, you know? Like the game goes on, people move on, you know, people forget. I, I'll, I'll get over that. So you've gotten used to failing or you've had practice failing? Yeah, I'm an expert 
I failed. <laughs> yeah, I'm a no, professional I, failure. I see your point. Yeah. yeah. Uh, no, but yeah, the more you do it, the more you realize that that fear you had was not so bad. Yeah. yeah. And so. I think we just, we have, we're just afraid to show weakness. I think that's what it is, you know? Yeah. And like to embarrass ourselves. Yeah. Embarrass ourselves. But it's, it's interesting because, you know, part of this podcast has always been like, all right, well, you know, what's life like on the field versus off the field, you know? And I think that it's interesting as men, we're trained and we're kind of built up a certain way where, it's about that competition. It's about being better, but you know, and not showing weakness. But then how does that translate into like real life? You know, like I think that's one of the reasons why guys struggle so much with building good relationships or like, or like being vulnerable or real. Like we don't know how to share feelings because I think we're just our entire lives. We're trained to be, to not show weakness. Yeah. To be strong, to be strong. But, but women are really good at that. Like they're yeah. really good at like, like going deep with each other and sharing feelings and doing life together, but we struggle to like. Just talking about like the, the downsides. That is of the societal pressure to be brave yeah. and to be strong, to be courage, courageous. Yeah. It's like the good. The good thing is like yeah, we we're conditioned to try and stuff like that. Um, but the bad part is that yeah, because sometimes we have this exterior and we don't we don't try to be vulnerable with each other. Yeah, well, why why do you think women are better than than men are? I don't know. There's, you're asking the wrong guy about anything with women, but <laughs> two, guys, two guys where they said women, not a, <laughs> two, not two a, single guys on this podcast right now. Yeah, a chance to slam of well, unraveling that, that mystery. That'll be on our next podcast, <laughs> love and marriage. Yeah. I guess. Um, no, I don't know. I I think it goes back to that point where that's just we're wired a certain way. It's hard for us to show weakness. I think that there's a part of us that doesn't. We're afraid of what it's like. We're afraid to like show what's going on in our lives in the fear of what others, what someone else might say. You know, like, like we don't want to, we don't want to be vulnerable because we're scared of what someone else might, how they might react to it or respond to it. Or do we feel like less of a man if probably we show people that like, yeah, I, I, that I don't have it all together? Yeah. Yeah. You know, a friend of mine is really interesting and pretty profound. He asked me a question one day. We were just talking about friendships and relationships and stuff. And he goes, uh, who knows you best? And I was kind of thrown off by that question because mm. I'm like, what do you mean who knows me best? And I started going through like... That is an answer question. Yeah, I started going through like all these people in my life. And I started to realize that I can't really pinpoint one person that like I could say in confidence that knows me the absolute best. Some like, people know you from one phase of your life. Yeah. Or, or, or like different phases of your life. Or I've got different friends that know different aspects of my life. Or yeah. like some friends might be a couple of layers deeper. And, you know, for other friends, it's very just we hang out and it's kind of surface level. And we like being around each other, but it doesn't go beyond that. So when I look at it, like it, for my own life, there are so many levels of friendships that I have. Mm-hmm. But I can't really pinpoint like... Who knows me best, you know? And, and I think a lot of guys would probably fall into that category. Like, we're not very good at building really deep, like, like friendships with other guys. Like, girls, if you ask them, you know, what, who knows you best, they could probably name like five, five other girls. Yeah. They call all the time. They call all the time and, you know, they have lunch and dinner together and they do this like massive, like, just, everyone just share everything that's going on in your lives guys like we just 
it's it's really hard to get to that level of conversation. Yeah, one thing I noticed too about guy friendships and girl friendships is that I think girl friendships there's a lot of expectation to to call and make an effort, and that's how you define that we're we're still friends. Whereas I feel guys can go a long time with not calling their their best friend, and you know that's fine. You know, and then when they see each other, it's like it's like old times or whatever. But they don't there's no obligation or expectation to constantly check up on each other. It it's kind of sad actually because I mean, number one, I mean to not be able to answer that question, but also yeah. like you know the fact that we don't show. Like we don't share to the depth that I think a lot of a lot of girls do, or they're very that's very easy for them, you know. But when you think about all the guys that are on MFL or even the guys that are on our own teams, like we really don't know what's happening in their lives. Like we don't know what like struggles are going on. Like even in my circle of friends, like I don't really know the depth of what someone's going through day to day. But I know that life off off of that field, that MFL field, is very different. Yeah. Like you could, you could be on the football field and put all of your life and everything on hold and just focus on winning this tournament. But when you walk off that field, like it's real, like yeah. relationships are hard and, and there's health issues and there's depression and there's work problems and family problems. And, and you can't check up on someone by checking their Facebook account or Instagram account. You no, know? because we like only the... show them, we show people what we want us, what right. want them to see, you know? Right. And it goes back to that point where as guys, we want to portray that we are always strong and put together and have it all figured out but you know what happens with guys that are in our lives or you know that that are going through things and we have no idea yeah and the idea is that you hope that through football or through through church or through any other sort of activity you develop the relationships that you that we can to possibly get to the point where we can be vulnerable or comfortable enough where we can be vulnerable to each other you don't have those that that real conversation you know, to, to connect with one another. It's weird. I can't imagine after this podcast that like guys are just going to start calling up other guys. But like, hey, yeah. tell me your deepest, <laughs> deepest, darkest secret. <laughs> Pillow talk for men. We, we're just diagnosing the problem. We have no yeah. solutions for it. <laughs> yeah. I don't know what the solution is, actually. Like, how do we how do we change, you know, thousands of years of, of conditioning of conditioning? There is that. So this might be completely off tangent or not helpful at all, but there is this New York Times article, right? Um, in 2015 that was entitled 36 questions to fall in love. And the idea is that all you needed to do was, um, have meet up with someone and then ask these 36 questions and you'll fall in love with each other because the questions slowly get more and more vulnerable. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of like uh, a frog who's, sitting in a, a pot of water and you slowly increase the temperature so it doesn't know that it should jump out of it uh, and then it slowly you know dies because it stays in the water where the questions get more and more personal where you don't even realize that you're becoming more and more vulnerable with the other person and opening up a lot more and so the first question could be something like um, you know if you could meet up with have dinner with anybody in the world like who would it be and then one of like the mid questions would be like, if your house is burning down and you had to grab one thing, like what would that be? You know, and then it slowly gets more and more personal from that. I, I like the idea of that, but you really think guys are going to be like, Hey, let me ask you 36 questions. Yeah. No. To grow. <laughs> but I think it's cool. I think it's a cool idea of it. And I think it's cool to do it like platonically to really mm. 
just as a as a starting point. Yeah, I mean, somewhere. I think to your point, it's cool like friendship. Yeah, like hey. Ultimately, it's about it's about being just intentional. We don't, yeah. I, maybe we just don't ask enough questions to each other. Like we, like how many times has someone been like, "I'm guilty of it." They'll be like, "Hey, how was your day?" They're like, "Fine." Yeah. Uh, how are you doing? Good. You know, and and it's such like we're just auto like that's our, just our auto response for right. those kinds of things. And I don't know if it's because you know. We just, you know, we just don't want to let anyone know what's really going on. But I wonder what would happen if we actually answered those questions, like, honestly, like, hey, how are you doing? Well, actually, to be honest, like, you know, this is what's going on right now, or this is what I'm thinking about, or, you know. Yeah. But asking the right questions is important. And and sometimes I think it takes you to open up first, and then the other person will Mm -hmm. reciprocate. You know, it's like, okay, oh, we're getting this real talk. I see. I see where we're going with this. There's, yeah. there's a fundamental fear, I think, in a lot of people that if someone really knew who they were or how they thought or how they operated, that they wouldn't be accepted. Mm-hmm. You know, and I think as guys, like, that's kind of how we feel too. Like, we're afraid to talk about the things that are happening because we're not sure how other people are going to respond to us. You know, and again, it comes down to like being stronger than the other person, you know, or being stronger than the other guy, being better than the other guy, you know? There is one story about this man who's walking down the street and he falls into a hole. And this hole is dark and deep and the walls are steep and all I could do is look through the opening and hope that somebody would walk by. And he's waiting and he's waiting and all of a sudden uh, a doctor walks by and he shouts out, Doc, Doc, you gotta help me out. I'm stuck in this hole and I can't get out. And Doc says, sure, I'll help you, help you out. And he drops down a prescription, you know, drops in the hole and he walks on. The guy's still in the hole and after a while he sees a priest walk by and he says, father, father, you gotta help me out. I'm stuck in this hole and I can't get out. And the father says, of course, I'll help you out. And he drops down a prayer, drops the hole and he walks on. You know, hours go by and the guy's getting a little, getting a little anxious. And all of a sudden he see, he sees a, a glimpse of one of his friends and he shouts out, Joe, Joe. You're never going to believe this, but I, I fell down this hole and I can't get out. And Joe, he jumps in the hole. And the guy says, what are you doing, Joe? Now we're both stuck in this hole. And Joe says, yeah, I know. But I've been down here before and I know the way out. Oh, snap. Mic drop. Ah, that's actually a really good story. Yeah. But I think it's, it's important that, especially, I think when it comes to like Christian leadership, like for... Like, especially for older guys, kind of lead the way in vulnerability to be like, hey, we have gone through these issues. You know, like you're not alone if somebody else went through those issues as well. So that way they know who to turn to, you know. And then, and I kind of made that, I tried to think through it like, um, you know, we're all running this race together as, as Christians, right? And in, in the, along this race are these holes that people fall into. You know, and so if I share like a struggle that I'm going through, I share it not so you can repeat the same mistake, but so that if you find yourself falling to the same hole, you know, you can reach out to me and be like, hey, how did you get out of that hole when you're in it? And I'm like, oh, yeah, this is how this is what I did. This is what helped, you know, like get out that hole and let's let's keep running this race together. Yeah. You know, and that's how I feel like Christian leadership, you know, how I depict that it should be. Yeah, I, that's that's awesome, man. That's so true, you know. And I think if there's anything that anybody can take away from this podcast, especially just 
you know, as guys that are playing football and, you know, um, is who knows you best? Like, you know, it was really a big question. And, and how do we, how do we foster or condition, you know, our minds to be able to be willing to share uh, things and how do how do you get real with the guys that are in your own life in your own circles like how well do you all really know each other you know and what would be the impact if you did take that friendship a couple conversations deeper yeah you know what would you learn about each other how would you be able to help each other and you never know someone in your circle um all they needed was was to be asked the right questions you know and it could it could have helped them deal with whatever they're dealing with so yeah, it's a little heavy, you know, but I think that's, that's what this podcast is, is right. supposed to get into. Yeah, exactly. I mean, on the field, you know, we're, we're trained to be men that are tough and, and courageous and brave and, and not show weakness. But, you know, how do we push and challenge each other to be, uh, men off the field and, and be better men off the field as well? So, yeah. All right. I know you're dying for, you've got, you've got a quote. Ah, uh, yeah. You're, it's always it's, some kind of a Game you, of Thrones. It's a Game of Thrones quote, but you don't, you don't like. You I don't know, like Game but of I know that you. I know you're dying because you already <laughs> said this to me earlier about this quote. So I'm like, all right, we've got to let him do it. So, so yeah, one of my favorite quotes from Game of Thrones, and it's not a spoiler. Okay, is when Bran, he's like a ten year old boy, and he's talking to his father Ned, and he says, "Father, can a man be brave even when he's afraid?" And Ned says. That's the only time a man can be brave. Wow. Thank you, Aesop. That was, I know. That's, that was amazing. Deep. All right. Well, uh, that's, I guess that's what we'll leave you guys with. Um, and, uh, yeah, stay tuned for our next podcast. And let's, uh, let's go out there and try to build some, uh, intentional and deeper relationships and push each other to be better men off the field and on the field. Amen to that. All right. Thank you, everyone. <laughs>